Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's guy. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Tuesday, December 6, 2016. Welcome to the Arone Sports Pod. Frank Arone here from lovely Fargo, North Dakota, where I swear it looks like something just out of the movie. Just cold and absolutely horrid outside. But uh, inside here in the uh, Arone Sports realm, it's, uh, I'd say, at least lukewarm, wouldn't you there, uh, Rob? How's it going? Not too bad. Yeah, it's definitely lukewarm. It's actually pretty cold here out in, in Vegas, not as sunny and beautiful as usual, but it uh, I guess that's all right. What, uh, I guess first and foremost, how how we always start off the podcast here, what, uh, let's jump into a little recap of last week. The Weekend Recap. So how did Week 13 treat you there, Rob? Not very good at all. It uh, started off bad with that Minnesota over, just never really got there, I think. You could probably say that. I think yeah, played the defense played one of their their best games of the season. I think if the best game probably for sure. Uh, that score even was a little misleading from the the fumble there on uh, that was the kickoff or punt return that they fumbled turned into a touchdown. So yeah, really fabulous, great effort there by the Vikings defense and the offense just couldn't pull it through. But uh, yeah, obviously didn't look good for my under. And then also I had a couple other totals that didn't look good with that Philly under. That at least late, and then San Francisco over, which I liked the whole week. That was my ass pick of the week. That went down just basically because there was some. It's pretty bad weather there. As if you watch the game, you could see having the whole whole screen being white there, so that wasn't uh, too favorable. It still almost got there, but not quite. So uh, we did get uh, Chicago home, which was surprising. A lot of a lot of support there from the sharps on San Francisco late. I don't understand that move at all, which we can talk about that a little bit later. And same kind of deal with Indianapolis Monday night, but both of those games were, you know, pretty easy wins, especially that Monday night game in Indianapolis. Yeah, I know. Personally, I had my like by far my biggest card of the year. I like thought there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, it was a little bit more aggressive than I normally am, but I had two, two uh, you know, double plays there, two unit plays, and uh, split on those. And then with Washington and Chicago. And then I went uh, two and two of my other ones with winners on um, Indy and uh, Oakland, but then lost on uh, the Giants and just total wrong side in Philly. So it was a uh, a busy weekend in terms of action, but basically just went to Splitsville there over and over again. So I ended up just losing a little juice there. So it uh, I don't know wasn't terrible, but it could have been a lot better that that Washington game that my other double two unit or there that was a rough way to go down when they're basically covering for a lot of it and and then uh arians dialed up the uh long shot there with uh up one in the fourth quarter with two minutes left that palmer threw his first good pass in you know eight weeks 
And, uh, com- for the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, completed it over the top there. But I, I heard on, uh, I forgot what it was I was listening to this week, but someone made a great point about it. It's just a total misstep there, coaching by Gruden, where he, he called the, uh, maybe, maybe it was Teddy Covers on the Sports Memo Pod, but he, uh, Gruden called the timeout with 202 left, right before the two minute warning there. And, uh, and it just gives, Arizona free shot because if even if they incom- you know throw an incompletion, it's still going to take up the two seconds and it's going to be a two minute warning regardless of whether they run the ball or or throw the ball. So, just a horrific coaching blunder there. You know, save two seconds, but basically give uh, open up the playbook for Arizona and uh, it opened right up for them. And Arians and Palmer took the shot and it succeeded. And then Washington still had a chance to come back down and get the cover, but just uh, wasn't in the card. So that was a huge. Uh, four unit swing there for me to get me back to to even for the week so yeah, a little disappointing but like i said it's not uh not the worst so hopefully uh we can get going here and, and heat her up going into week 14 so without further ado let's jump right into it here uh the thursday night game pretty good one uh afc west battle we got oakland at kansas city two of the uh, hotter teams in the league right now a lot of buzz for both of these teams to potentially make the Super Bowl with Gronk out now for uh, the, for the Pats uh, from the AFC side of the equation. So this uh, should hopefully be a pretty good one. Hopefully the curse of the Thursday night sloppiness doesn't come into play here and, and bring this game down. But uh, my guess for this one was Kansas City minus three. What did you have? This one I had Kansas City minus two and a half was my guess. And for the power ratings, uh, my I had Kansas City minus one and a half. Uh, I was going to say for the opener, we obviously used the Westgate like we've done all season long for the opener and the look-ahead line, which the look-ahead line gives you the line on the Wednesday before, just what the the, the week after should be uh, before that game is played on Sunday. So you can kind of basically give a, an idea of how much the line shifted just from the last week of play, which is kind of a good indicator of you know how much of a reaction there might be from a just standpoint from the, the public itself. So... Um, yeah, the Westgate opened this game, Kansas City minus three and a half, and the look ahead was Kansas City minus three and a half, even money, plus 100. So really not any movement on this game. It's either sitting at three heavy juice towards Kansas City or three and a half with juice towards Oakland. So uh, I actually did already jump in on Oakland three and a half, figured take that hook. Uh, Thursday night game here, and it's it's kind of amazing how Oakland's not really getting a whole lot of support. I like I, like just by my ratings, I I didn't think this would get to a full three, and 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 really surprised that it has this much juice on it, even at three. So I and even from things I've heard, people just really like Kansas City, and you know they think they're you know the next best thing, and people pick them to win the Super Bowl, kind of like you mentioned. And I, I don't know, Oakland. I think it's it's still a public team, obviously, and I think they're overrated, but I think Kansas City almost is trumping them now because I really don't like what Kansas City's doing, to be honest. I haven't liked them for the last couple of weeks, and they're just from a, a standpoint of with people that do statistics based there have one of the biggest turnover differentials which a lot of it's people think will is a lot of luck involved in that and it's going to eventually regress down to a, a mean because i think they're plus 14 or 15 turnovers or something like that going in either going into the game or after the game something crazy like that so and even last week if you're watching that game i was obviously against them or not obviously but i, I was on atlanta so i like that and they they didn't get it done, but they after after the first half, the fact that they were leading by the I don't know what the score was exactly, but they were up by like seven eight points something like that, and 
Atlanta pretty much dominated the whole half. They had that pick six uh, return that that was a pretty bad throw on on Ryan's part, but they got in the the red zone three times or something like that, and they came out with field goals every time. And then Kansas City, the one time they got in the red zone, they went for it on fourth and one or fourth and two and scored a touchdown. Then you also had the fake punt that ended up in touchdown, and and then the pick six and two point conversion. Like everything went right. It's just like I don't know. That it doesn't look that didn't look like a buy sign on me after after that game with Kansas City. So. I like this year getting three and a half in the hook with with Oakland. They're uh, every time every week almost they amaze me. Last week they had some diversity first uh, first half there, and then they came the second half and scored three three unanswered touchdowns or something like that, and just dominated Buffalo the second half and easily won and covered. So this team is uh, you know kind of starting to impress me, and I even like it more that they're not getting as much support in the public and they're kind of more shifting to Kansas City in, in my opinion. Yeah, I was uh, I remember. Right before that Oakland-Denver, uh, was it Sunday night game or Monday night game? What, four weeks back now? Um, and I had, I felt pretty strongly about uh, Denver in that one and just thought the markets were just loving the Oakland way too much and just kind of going wild with the uh, the Oakland love fest. But it's really strange, and I remember I made the comment that we're gonna bet, I'm going to bet against them here with Denver, and... Uh, if I lose, I'm just going to keep basically betting against Oakland with, as the markets tend to keep growing and growing on them uh, until it finally is going to crash back down to earth. And we're going to catch it eventually betting against Oakland. But uh, ever since then, it really hasn't. I mean, they, they got a bunch of support against the Texans the next week, which uh, I ended up staying away, and they barely covered or pushed depending on when you got it. And then uh, since then, Oakland – uh, there was a bunch of support against them with the Panthers two weeks ago. And I know that was situationally just based on uh, fading the situation coming back from Mexico City. And then last week, like you said, there was a bunch of uh, sharp support for Buffalo, uh, fading Oakland again for the second week in a row. So um, the markets have kind of fallen on a favor here with Oakland, and it's uh, pretty shocking to me. I didn't I see really that coming why. at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure either. I know that they're kind of – um, there's kind of a sentiment that they're a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Um, just that their defense has been, I think, you know, like a bottom five defense or, or so. Um, I know their yards per play is uh, differential is minus two. So a lot of I know a lot of the sharp, sharper betters use a lot of yards per play differential, and they rank 22nd in the league there. So I can see why a lot of the sharps uh, aren't really in love with them, and I think that's. Uh, a lot of the reason why, but I'm surprised the public hasn't. I mean, they were they were on them last week, and um, probably with Carolina too. But I'm surprised they're not, you know, one of the sharp or um, you know most popular teams in the league outside of Dallas. But uh, for whatever reason, their numbers have been pretty tame here the last couple of weeks. The and of support of them, and uh, this week's kind of the same. I know Kansas City's obviously looked really good the last couple of weeks, um, beaten. The Falcons like that last week on the road, and then of course had the Broncos on that Sunday night game. So I can see where they're getting some support here. But uh, let's not forget, you know, the last home game Andy Reid played uh, with the Chiefs here. They put up 17 points and lost to the Bucks when that was just kind of the beginning of their resurgence. So I'm not totally ready to buy in on this Kansas City team, although I think they're a solid team. I think they're uh, not exceptional. And if you want to go back to that yards per play reference. Um, they're minus 0.4 yards per play differential, which is 25th in the league. So um, even if you're going to go by that, uh, still a, a lean to Oakland. So I think I like your side of it there with the, the three and the half. 
with Oakland if you can get it, or I know now you can get uh, plus three at uh, you know plus one hundred five or plus one ten at some places. Uh, that's not a, a bad bet in my opinion either. So I like Oakland, but uh, the Thursday night we haven't had a a true Thursday night game here in a little while. So um, you know it's open to anything. So don't go crazy on this one, but I do think uh, the Oakland side is worth a look here. Uh, now to the Sunday games. Uh, the first game we got up here uh, is Denver at Tennessee. And my guess for this one was a pick. What did you have? Yeah, my guess was Denver minus one. My power rating was a pick. Westgate opened Tennessee minus one and a half. And the look ahead was Denver minus one. This game, another one, not really a whole lot of movement. I guess a tiny bit maybe towards Denver. Right now we're seeing either a pick or minus one. At all the shops that I'm looking at, um, we still don't know who's going to be quarterbacking for Denver. It's still undescribed on my screen. I don't think we know who it is, but I would anticipate. I don't. I don't know what your uh, thoughts are, but between Simeon and Lynch, I'd say. Uh, I don't. I, what about three points? Maybe three and a half. So I. I guess might maybe see it adjust a point or two. Either way, depend on who's in. Yeah, I was going to say two and a half, but that wouldn't shock me if it was a little bit higher. Yeah, so I, you know, like I said, if Simeon gets in here, I could see Denver being a short road favorite here, and if uh, Lynch gets in, then it'd definitely be I'd probably see a Tennessee two and a half, three somewhere in there would be my guess. So, but as for the game itself, uh, I don't know. I guess power rating's right where it is, and I don't really have a whole lot of a uh, whole lot to say about this game. So I think I'll just be staying away. Yeah, I'd be pretty surprised if this gets three either way, and. If it does get three either way, I'd be tempted to take the three regardless of which way it is. Um, but I don't think it's going to necessarily happen. I, I lean Denver a little bit if Simeon's a quarterback, but I didn't like what I saw out of Lynch much at all last week. I haven't really been impressed with him much at all this whole season, so I'd be pretty uh, pretty uh, reluctant to back him if he's the quarterback here. Basically, last week, you know, Bortles threw his standard pick six and uh the the denver offense did a whole lot of nothing and uh obviously their defense is really good but i don't uh I, i'm not going to bet any defense to go on the road and win games over and over and over again when their offense does absolutely nothing because tennessee is not an offensive juggernaut by any means but uh, i mean they they're at least capable offensively and you know, one or two breakdowns by a defense. If the offense can't do anything, uh, it's enough to lose the game, and especially when it's in a pick'em range like this. So uh, I'd be pretty reluctant to back him if if Lynch is a quarterback. But with Simeon there, especially as a dog, even a short dog, uh, I'd lean to Denver. But I also don't know. You know, Tennessee coming off a bye that could be a, a little bit of a plus for him. I think they're the type of team that uh, could benefit from from a little extra rest and and the fact that uh houston lost last week they're right in it for the division uh it's a three-way race with them and indy and uh, houston so they'll be supremely motivated and uh i think this is kind of a kind of a good spot for them here so and broncos traveling back-to-back weeks to play afc south teams after the kansas city primetime game i don't think it's a i don't like we talked about last week it wasn't a great spot for denver last week and Basically, Bortles just gift-wrapped him the game along with uh, pretty conservative play calling and coaching by Bradley. They're kicking it late 
uh, punting it when they could have gone for it on fourth and four or whatever it was. And uh, so, I don't know, now, now coming back on the road to play a well-rested team, it doesn't seem like a great spot for the Broncos. So, situationally, I think it's kind of a plus for Tennessee, but I think Denver's a better team. So, at this price, I guess for me, that's a pretty easy pass. We'll just uh, leave it at that and go to the next game. Next game up we got is San Diego at Carolina. And in this one, my guess was Carolina at three. What did you have? This one, my guess was Carolina minus one. My power rating was a pick. Westgate, this is a game where hardly any numbers were available. I think five dimes I saw had a three up with juice towards San Diego. and But uh, Westgate did open this game at three before. Uh, the Sunday night game, and I, which I thought was ridiculous, so I jumped on that right away uh, and got that. And then they took it down during the Sunday night game, and then they put it back up, and pretty much everybody had one and maybe one and a half. And that's pretty much where the market's sitting at right now, which is you know kind of where I thought it should be according to my power rating uh, and my guess. Um, and then the look ahead on this game from the week before had Carolina minus two and a half, so open three and then uh, look it was two and a half like i said that was without the sunday night game reopened it at one so like i said i'm on san diego here getting the three they both not really a good spot for either of these teams they both carolina's pretty much already out of the playoffs but definitely out of the playoffs now or virtually out of the playoffs and just by the way they looked last week i don't think there's anyone thinking they're going to be able to make a run and get lucky enough to get in and then san diego i had a shot of getting in and then when that loss last week which wasn't the best, uh, you know, loss for them. It uh, could be kind of degrading against the Bucks there that they very easily could have won. So they're uh, kind of out of the playoff race now too. But uh, so not really two teams I'm looking to bet on. But you know, just getting a three here, which this Carolina team just looks in, in shambles to me, and kind of you know I bet against them on Sunday night, and they don't really like land that many points, but you know, follow the followed the bet and took the, the laid the seven points and obviously that was a pretty easy winner so uh, that Carolina team just showed absolutely nothing and could change this week but you know getting three points even as a, even if they're on the road with San Diego I, I like that but where it's sitting at now I think this is where the market where it should be and I think it's a you know pretty fair number don't really see a lot of movement yeah it's interesting that I saw it yeah at five dimes and Westgate and they had three before the Sunday night game, and then afterwards the market basically it all came out at one. I don't know if that's just um, a little the, – the market's kind of thinking there's a chance that Carolina might kind of go into to quit mode here or if it's some of the Cam Newton stuff with him being benched for that first series and thinks that the locker room you know, might not be uh, all in harmony or whatnot, but I uh, – I agree. I think that's the number is probably where it should be now. Um, I I made my guess before the Sunday night game, so it was you know pretty well reflected in the market uh, what that uh, outcome meant. But I'm not really like we talked about how the Packers and uh, the Bengals could potentially spiral a couple weeks ago if, if things if they lost one or two more and were officially eliminated from the playoffs and just kind of playing out the string when you get those veteran teams that were had pretty high expectations and things don't really pan out for them. Uh, those are the teams that are more likely to quit down the stretch when they have nothing to play for and uh, just pack it in and they'll still get a little bit of respect in the markets because they're usually uh, more uh, historically successful teams and a little bit bigger bigger names that the public's more likely to want to back. And I think Carolina, not nearly as popular as, say, a Packers team, but they have been obviously making the Super Bowl last year. 
they're still going to be getting a little bit of respect just for having that name. But uh, at the number at one against a San Diego squad that's you know frisky, but they're five and seven and, and just came off a, a loss at home there last week. The fact that they're not even getting laying a full field goal really shows that uh, the markers in general have soured on the Panthers. So even though I agree with it, it might be to the point here where even if they are um, not going to give their full effort, I think the market's pretty accurately reflecting that. So I would still uh, lean towards San Diego at one, but uh, I'm not quite sure if I necessarily trust this Chargers team either to come up with a great effort since the fact that they're pretty much out of it as well. So I very much like your bet at plus three, but uh, the market at the current thing or at the current number, I'm probably just going to so not be involved in this game and be curious to see uh, how this one plays out. And if either of these teams come up with a horrible performance, uh, it might be a sign that you should fade them the last couple of weeks here down the stretch. Next game up we got is Houston at Indianapolis. Um, I guess on this one was Indy minus three and a half. What did you have here? Yep, right on with you. Indy minus three and a half. My power rating had Indy minus four. The look ahead, or the open, excuse me, was Indy minus four and a half, and the look ahead was Indy minus four. And this is, this game's getting bet up a lot. I didn't even see this move yet today. It's up to six, five and a half, six, and even a six and a half at some places. Which, um, yeah, that's, I guess, uh, after the Monday night game, they liked that performance. But <laughs> obviously, I was on uh, Indy and pretty confident about it. Me and, me and you both talked about it on the podcast. And, I really don't understand the support there for the Jets late. They, Indy was a short favorite, one, one and a half, two all week. And then right before game time, about an hour, hour and a half, heavy money and steam moves started coming in on the Jets. So, you know, that's sharp money coming in. It's not the public betting on it. And it got all the way to where Jets were. I think I saw a minus two at some shops, which is just, I, I don't, I, it's just ridiculous. So you had that with that game, the 49ers. Bears game, the same type of deal, which obviously was wrong. And then the Buffalo game, it's just like, I don't know who these so-called sharps are, where this big money's coming in, but they might need to uh, rethink who, the, who they're putting in charge of making these picks because I don't really know what they're seeing. And Like even yesterday, it was just a pretty easy pick, I think. I don't know how that game didn't get to three with Indy's motiv- motivation. They're coming off you know, the, the win, every, or the, uh, a must-win a must they really need, and then they have luck coming back after an embarrassing loss, and then the Jets playing for nothing after a big game against New England. It's just... I don't know, but here, obviously, they're getting some respect just from that performance last night, which you know didn't really surprise me a whole lot. So I think it might be a little overvalued here, but at the same time, it's, do you really want to you know back Osweiler in Houston? So I did after the podcast last week. I did uh, get in on Indy plus 400 to win a division, so I'm feeling pretty decent about that. Especially if they win this game, and that'll even go down to right now it's sitting at about plus 150, and I'm sure they'll go down even more if they win this game. So. Uh, it's you know I don't really want to be laying Indy in this price range, but I don't also don't trust Houston. So maybe you know it's kind of same as last week against the Packers. If this gets up to a seven, maybe just take Houston on a value play, which it very well could. And at this point, um, but I really don't want any part of Indy laying this price. I think this is just a classic public watched Indy go up and down the field in the Jets and beat them by forty or whatever it ended up being last night. And, 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 the, and the sharps not really in like the Houston at all. Kind yeah, of just not yeah, the sharps have been it. sour on Houston all all year for the most part, especially the last handful of weeks. So when you watch the follow, you know, to see the public watching somebody blow somebody out on Monday night, 
Um, if there is public, there's not a whole lot of public money uh, early in the week usually. But if there are uh, later in the week, this number could just keep going up and up and up. And on the flip side, yeah, there's not um, hardly any support for Houston, whether it be Sharp or uh, public. So there's nothing to really keep this in check. So, I mean, I, I, I'm guessing the uh, this initial move is you know, a, a syndicate or some sharp money that likes Indy. Um, I'm not sure if it's just a, a total Osweiler fade, which I can't to- totally disagree with at this point because he, he looked okay against the Packers. I know we argued about that a little bit last week, and it wasn't like he totally submarined their team. But it's just, it's just really hard for uh, an NFL team to go on the road with their lack of offensive ability. And if anything goes wrong, they're just in such a bad spot because it's just hard for them to come back. And, and not only that, um, if if uh, they don't have a lot of playmakers to necessarily help Osweiler out, and he's just not capable of, of really leading the team and, and making a lot of good plays in a row without making a mistake here and there. And then, like I said, once they do make the mistake, it's just so hard for him to come back. So it's uh, I, I can see wanting to bet against Osweiler on the road again, especially um, in a really important division game here. But on the flip side of it, Houston's defense, I thought, played pretty admirably against Green Bay last week, and I think they have for most of the season. And I said, Osweiler, he wasn't good, but – he wasn't uh, totally awful. He doesn't throw intercept, you know, pick sixes like Blake Bortles or totally submarine a team like Fitzpatrick did last night. So uh, if Osweiler can play just like he has last week and not totally screw the team over, I think Houston has a defense to kind of keep this one close, especially in a interdivision game like this. Usually these are a lot closer contested just because the teams know each other so well and. It is fighting for the, the top of the division here, so it should be a, a pretty good contest. And if it gets to seven, I'm absolutely going to be on Houston because I just don't think Indy's defense or team as a whole is, is worthy of laying these kind of points to uh, another average team, in my opinion. So I think Indy will win the game, but uh, I, I wouldn't fault you for necessarily teasing Indy, but I also think this number is just a little bit inflated. And uh, if it does get to seven, I'll definitely be on Houston, and I'm – potentially debating on getting on them at six and a half at the current price but like i said i think uh there hasn't been much support for houston getting bought back and, and you know the public's going to be all over indy so if this line's already up to six six and a half and the, the public likely hasn't uh, really spoken on the game yet uh, i could definitely see this getting to seven by the end of the week and, and i'll be on their side next game we got up here is cincinnati at cleveland uh pretty pretty garbage game here uh my guess on this one <laughs> My guess on this one was Cincy minus five and a half. What did you have here? My guess was Cincy minus three and a half. My power rating is Cincy minus two and a half. The Westgate opened Cincy minus four. The look ahead was Cincy minus three and a half plus 100 even money. Uh, and this uh, right out of the gate, we kind of saw some Cincy money right up to where you thought it should be five and a half, six. And we still don't know who the Cleveland quarterback is. There's talks that RG3 might be ready to go, or he is ready to go, I think. He's he's probably just, you know, sitting in the side side of the shower and trying not to get noticed so he doesn't have to go out and play with this team. But um, uh, so I don't know. Do you have any idea who's going to be quarterback in this team? I, I saw that RG3 might play if he's ready. I saw Kessler's probable. I, I saw a couple different things. Some... Uh, I'm not totally sure here, but I don't know if it makes 
a whole heck of a lot of difference, but yeah. No, yeah, exactly. So, uh, at this price range, it's you know, I don't know who would be pieing even at four or four and a half. I don't know who's laying that many points with Cincy on the road, unless they just kind of got fooled by last week. But yeah, they look decently impressive. But I definitely not a team I want to be buying into uh, with this in this point range on the on the road. So it's either Cleveland or Pass, and I don't really want any part of Cleveland either. So unless unless the point spread just gets out of out of hand, maybe up to a seven. Uh, to take Cleveland in a value play again, but I don't see that happen. I, I expect this to come down a little bit and get a little bit of buyback on Cleveland here uh, later in the week. Yeah, for me, this is pretty much total stay away. Like you said, unless it gets totally out of whack, which I doubt it. But you got another interdivision game. Uh, usually those are played close. You got a team in Cincy that's not very good. They're 4 7 and 1 on the season, and I don't know if it's been that impressive now they don't have. A lot of their playmakers either left or are hurt, and they're laying six on the road. Uh, that's uh, not too enticing. And you got Cleveland, who hasn't won a game all year, and their schedule is pretty tough for the most part. So this might be their Super Bowl, their one game to really win all year. Uh, getting uh, Cincinnati at home, I'd really want this one. But uh, all that, all that adding up, I just don't think I really want any part of Cleveland regardless of who's the quarterback and you know they're off a bye so <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of buy signs a lot of indicators here for cleveland in this situation but i i think how i talked about dallas being spot proof in a good way the other other weeks i think cleveland's kind of spot proof in in the negative sense here so even though there's a lot of reasons why i should be buying into cleveland i just just simply can't do it even though there are sixes available uh just just too tough for me so it's one of those things where uh i hope since he wins by double digits and i'll pat myself on the back for having the restraint to stay away but if cleveland keeps this one tighter wins the game out right i'll be definitely be kicking myself for uh, not having a little cleveland in my pocket but i've stayed off them after backing them there the first handful of weeks thinking there's value on them i've stayed off them the last three four weeks and i don't think they covered a game in that stretch so um been pretty pretty happy that i haven't been on them here lately and um won't be surprised at all if that continues so let's just uh, move on to the next game next one up here we got is pittsburgh at miami uh, my guess on this one was miami minus three pittsburgh, pittsburgh and oh buffalo. sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> i'm combining the next two games here you're right uh, <laughs> pittsburgh against buffalo and my guess on this one was pittsburgh minus one what did you have yeah, I had Pittsburgh minus one and a half. That's my guess. My power rating was Pittsburgh minus two and a half. Westgate opened Pittsburgh minus one and a half, and that was also the look ahead line as well. And this game's sitting, you can see as low as one, a little bit of juice, and all the way up to two and a half at a few different shops. So, not really a whole lot of movement here. I kind of thought this would be going up to three, and I think it still might be. You know, the public's going to be on Pittsburgh. And I actually did, I saw Pittsburgh as a pick. I, at uh, bookmaker i i jumped on that well two days ago i think on monday morning i jumped on that at a pick and a couple hours later it moved from a pick to, to minus one minus 115 which is where it's sitting now so i don't uh you know not not a pretty pretty decent number i think i don't really see uh, much i don't really see this being like the other games we saw with san francisco and and the jets where they by Buffalo here late, but I, I shouldn't really say that for 100% certainty because that's what I didn't think they'd do that last week with Buffalo, but they did uh, against the Raiders. So 
I um, I would like I said I think this would get to a three or stay where it's at um, with a little bit of money coming out of Pittsburgh with the public and everything. But I, for some reason the the sharper guys, the wise guys, like in Buffalo, which I haven't really liked Buffalo at all um, the last couple of weeks. I thought they were kind of you know pretty flawed when they went on that stretch there earlier in the season after they looked pretty awful and I mean now they kind of look you know average at best and I, I don't really I don't really like their stats I don't really like much about them their defense has obviously looked pretty awful getting gashed the last two weeks now and um so yeah I, like I said I like Pittsburgh here at a pick but uh, even even at a one one and a half I think I'd still like Pittsburgh and especially if you try to get ahead of the line before it moves but I, I don't really like Buffalo uh, at all here, although I, I could see the Sharps being, you know, this could be a sharp square divide maybe potentially, but like I said, I just don't really like the, the Buffalo side here, so I, I won't be betting Buffalo. It's either Pittsburgh or pass. Um, and then as for the total, I do want to, I would want to lean over, especially under 48 here, sitting at 46 and a half, 47, 47 and a half. But, you know, then I looked into the weather. I kind of got burned by that last week um, with that, San Francisco game. I bet it early and got a pretty good number even before the close, but the weather came in pretty bad, which it was kind of iffy all week, and then it kind of was really bad, and that ended up costing me the total, even though I did beat the closing line by a little bit. But uh, I did look at this one in Buffalo. The weather's supposed to be a little bit windy. It's outdoor stadium with New Era Field and uh, kind of cold temperatures over in uh, New York, so. I think that's what the, the little bit of under money is coming in here for. But this, if it wasn't for the weather, I'd be definitely banging this over with you know the Pittsburgh offense, Buffalo defense not looking too good, and even a, a Buffalo offense that can score some points. But if anything changes with that weather where it doesn't look as bad or the wind comes down, I you know would like the the over. But you know I'm just gonna stay off with that with the bad weather coming. Wait, you were planning on betting a Rob Ryan game over the total? Or are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Buffalo the last handful of weeks here they gave up 38 21 to the jags which is like 50 to a normal team uh <laughs> only 12 to the Bengals. that was kind of a wonky game but then 31 41 28 so i mean they're the rob ryan defense is finally rounding into form here took them took them a few weeks there to to fully get it going but uh it's starting kind of starting to show here so um i, I don't i don't really like this bills team much at all and like you said they've been somewhat of a darling it seems like in terms of uh being supported by the sharps quite a bit which uh, i haven't really seen a whole lot i bet against them last week with oakland and they jumped out early on oakland a little bit but i uh, just got totally outclassed in my opinion and eventually the much better team won the game so i'd say buffalo's you know pretty an average team they're not horrible they're just they're all right and uh but i think pittsburgh i don't think anybody argued pittsburgh has the potential to be and i think likely is the much better team and obviously it's priced like that the being a road favorite but uh i still think anything under three i'd lean pittsburgh um haven't got there yet and i know it's only probably going to be getting higher so uh, if i do like pittsburgh i should lock in here early in the week at one and a half or two uh not wait for it to get any closer to three but uh, i guess there, there could be some potential sharp buyback on buffalo like there has been a decent amount this year but i think pittsburgh even though they kind of beat up a fraudulent Giants team a little bit last week, and then the Colts with uh, Tolzien, the quarterback, there on Thanksgiving, and then the Browns before that. So they really haven't done anything too impressive. But I think uh, if you're looking at a team that could potentially get hot and start getting her going here down the stretch, I think Pittsburgh's got the perfect profile, that type of team. So uh, I'm not totally ready buying into Pittsburgh, uh, but I think 
Uh, they definitely have that profile. So I like the Pittsburgh a decent amount going forward, and I'll probably end up jumping in on them uh, in this game here and basically a pick em range, who I think is quite a bit better team. Next game up is uh, Arizona at the aforementioned Miami Dolphins. Uh, jumping ahead of myself a little bit there. Uh, in this game, uh, my guess was Miami minus three hosting the Cardinals. What'd you have? Oh, wow. Respect. I had uh, Miami minus one. My power rating was Miami minus two and a half. The Westgate opened Miami minus two and a half, and the look ahead was Miami minus three. And it's sitting, seeing a little bit of Arizona money, or it went down a little bit. I don't know if that's necessarily money or not, but right now it's the market sitting at one, one and a half, pretty much uh, unanimously. So uh, this is uh, it's it's tough. Uh, I obviously bet against Arizona last week. Or no, I didn't even release it as a play. I kind of I stayed away, but that was on the podcast. That was one of my bet favorite plays is Washington against Arizona. And I know you released that as a play late, but I didn't, and uh, I'm glad I didn't. I, I bet it up personally, but I didn't release it as a play. And Arizona looked pretty pretty decent, but it was also a little bit of smoke and mirrors too uh, last week. And, you know, kind of pushed the right buttons, and like you said, with the coaching mistake there. And But uh, it, this Arizona, I don't really, this Arizona team doesn't really fool me. I think they still got plenty of problems. Palmer looks old. He's getting beat up. The wide receiver's aren't getting a whole lot of separation. They're not really doing much downfield. Yeah, David Johnson's looked pretty good as running back. I have him on my fantasy team in one of my leagues, and he's obviously done pretty good and been one of the best backs in the league. But even that, it's when you get one-dimensional like that, it's a lot easier to stop. And, and the Miami team last week, they just looked awful against Baltimore, and I should have bet on Baltimore there. I kind of leaned that way but didn't pull the trigger, and they just dominated that whole game. And Miami kind of ran to a flat spot for once after dominating not dominating, but winning six games straight. And um, the, you know, this, I think this might be a little bit of a bounce-back opportunity for Miami here. So this is uh, – I don't definitely don't want to be back in a team like Arizona when they're out of playoff contention, banged up, beat up, have an older quarterback. And like you said, with that veteran team that's used to being in the playoffs that aren't going to be – not going to be there, that's just not a team I want to support. So I don't know if I'll get to the window here at, in this price range with Miami, but I think uh, Miami, Miami money's got to come. And uh, – I would assume, and, and, and I like Miami here. So if you like Miami, I'd lock it in here sooner than later, and that'd be the way I lean. Yeah, I mean, you, you can say respect for Miami, but I, I don't know why Arizona has so much support. I, I don't like Miss Miami squad hardly at all. I think their six-game win streak was about as fraudulent as it comes, but on the same token of the coin, why are the Cardinals getting so much respect on the road? Uh, I'm not really sure the, the the last road games they lost to the Falcons got blown out they lost to the Vikings they lost to the Panthers well I guess they beat the 49ers they, they snuck by them and then they've lost the Bills like uh that's about as unimpressive of a road stretch as you can possibly have and uh they just don't there's just a, you know the team just seems uh kind of like you said just old and they're just they just don't really have it it doesn't seem like this year so yeah, there could be a little bit of value in them, uh, I guess, potentially, like if people are just blind looking at their record, because I do think they have potential to be a better team, but it just doesn't seem like they quite have it. So uh, I'm not really sure why they're getting the benefit of the doubt here on the road, getting down to a closer to a pick'em range as opposed to the the full field goal. I know Miami's home field isn't isn't too strong, uh, so I can see where that might be part of the reason why. But um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, I, th- I just think 
Miami, it's it's more crucial game to Miami. I think Arizona knows they're not totally out of the playoffs, but they they I think have a little bit more quit in them than Miami does, who's right there in the wild card contention in the in the AFC. So I think this is a decent bounce back spot for Miami coming just a game where you know they just got absolutely rolled in Baltimore. Everything went wrong for them, and uh, you know as Marco D'Angelo always says, yeah, every team's uh, the, you know not as bad as the their worst game and not as good as their best game and Miami played their worst game last week so I think there's a little bit of an overreaction to that and uh, I think they'll be fully focused coming back here ready to ready to come up with a pretty good performance against the Cardinals at home you got the West Coast team going to the East Coast for an early start uh, off a pretty big win for uh, Cardinal standards this year so I think it sets up really well for Miami even though I'm not in love with them as a team as a whole I'm um, not in love with Cardinals either, so I think it's pretty cheap to support them at a pick or or one point favorite somewhere in there. So uh, I'll absolutely be on Miami this week, and uh, that's that. <laughs> uh, next game we got up is Chicago at Detroit, little NFC North battle. Uh, this one I had Detroit minus seven. What did you have here? Uh, let's see, I had Detroit minus eight and a half. My power rating was Detroit minus seven. The Westgate opened. And the look ahead was Detroit minus seven. And pretty much right out of the gate, we saw a flood of Detroit money coming in. Moved that up to, I think it went up to eight right away. Um, and now that's kind of where it's sitting. Seven and a half, eight, eight and a half. I even see a nine with a little bit of juice towards Chicago. Teaser protection? Maybe a little bit of teaser protection. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, you want to explain that I, quick just in case people don't understand? Yeah, so teaser protection, basically, a, a typical teaser is six and a half points, six. generally. Or, yes, yeah, sorry, six, and sometimes six and a half, it depends, but yeah, most of them are six. And that's what you want to do is get through those key half points, uh, or you know, key numbers. So, like, for example, when you move six from a nine from a six, it goes to a three. So that, that nine to an eight and a half, that half a point, yeah, nine, eight and a half, that's not a huge deal at all. But when you take away that six, move from a minus eight and a half to a minus two and a half, for example, here in this game, that's a lot better of a number than a, a minus nine to a, a minus three. So that like that, that half a point, you know, let's just say all half points aren't created equal or all points aren't created equal. So this is a perfect example. The, the nine to eight and a half is a way less significant and worth a way, way less than a, a two and a half to a three. Yeah. Just, um, in short, the books don't want you to be able to tease down below three. Yeah, so that's what they do. Put that, put it, hang it at a nine, and then wait until a lot of money come in. Then they'll quickly move off the nine, and they'll probably move to like a, a seven and a half or, or eight or something like that, and, and move out of it quick, just because they have to have so much money to, to flood it. So a lot of books will do that. Um, but with, just for the handicap of this game, Detroit was pretty impressive last week. Uh, it, I almost backed him, but it didn't quite get to the number that I was waiting for, so I just didn't uh, didn't hop on. But yeah, the Saints team was rolling and got a lot of support, and and they just they just beat them and just played better than them. And Saints look kind of flat, and you know tip tip your caps to Detroit. But now you come back in a division game like this, and it's just it's too many points. You're getting an extra if you do like Chicago, you're getting an extra couple points of value right out of the gate, just from you know the Detroit team looking so good in the past weeks and. Uh, on Thanksgiving, they look good or not look good, but they got the job done against the Vikings and didn't when they didn't look that great. And then they looked pretty good last week. And you know, this is a this is a team that the public's ready to buy in on. So 
I think the only way you could look here is taking the points. Chicago has looked halfway decent in the last couple of weeks. Barkley looks, you know, pretty serviceable. Nothing great, but can get the job done. Doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. And, and his, even last week, I was on Chicago, and I know Frank had a two-unit play, but the week before against Tennessee, they dropped about three or four easy to, easy catches that were right right on the numbers from Barkley, and then they two of them which were game-winning touchdowns. And then even last week, I saw at least one or two drops that were pretty big plays that he just put them right in the spot, and the receiver just dropped it. Granted, it was weather last week, but it's just hopefully that doesn't continue because it's even you know more drastic if they can make some of those bigger plays that you know most other teams are going to make. So, yeah, like I said, I take the take the points here and, and lean Chicago, and otherwise you know just stay away because you don't want to be laying this this point range in Detroit. Yeah, if you just had to go off the top of your head, what do you think is the most surprising result from last week? Um, I'd say either the the Chiefs game or. And beating the Saints or this Lions Saints game probably. Yeah, I I'd agree with those, and I'd say uh, for me it's it's the Saints. I, there's a decent amount of sharp support for them last week against the Lions. Uh, there's somewhat of a sentiment that the Lions are a fraud, and uh, the fact that basically Trace came out there and handled them was extremely surprising to me. Uh, luckily, I thought the number was a little high, so I wasn't financially involved. Uh, but as a you know, as a Vikings fan <laughs> rooting for. Uh, basically the double zero to hit on the roulette wheel and them to make the playoffs with how bad they've been. I was rooting against Detroit and uh, it was pretty aggravating to watch. And on the other token of the coin, I had uh, not to go on a fantasy bitch fest here, but I had Drew Brees and Ingram and Cooks and the Saints up and down the lineup in all my fantasy leagues uh, trying to get in the playoffs or first round of the playoffs. And they kept flashing the stat up there. First game, Drew Brees hasn't thrown a touchdown in you know five centuries or whatever it was. And I was like, against this Detroit defense, this, this is the time he's going to get shut out here for me. So that was pretty aggravating, to say the least. And, uh, you know, i got, got to give kudos to Detroit. I didn't think they had that kind of defensive performance in them. And on the same token, the coin, the Saints are, you know, pretty hit or miss. And that just kind of reiterated that fact. But uh, even though Detroit was pretty impressive and uh, they, they came through winning the game fairly easily as a six-point dog there, I definitely don't trust them in the 8-9 range, that's for sure. Uh, I do like Detroit a little bit better at home. But you said Barkley uh, cashed last week with Chicago. Market flooded money against them towards San Fran and made San Fran a a road chalk at Chicago, which I just didn't understand at all. And uh, Chicago played ultra-conservative for the first quarter and a half of that game. It didn't do anything in the blustery conditions there. And then finally they opened it up and – and Barkley was a week late carving him up like a, like a turkey there. So it, uh, their offense actually was looking pretty good. And I know it's against San Fran defense, so you got to take it with a grain of salt, but uh, still pretty impressed by it. And I think he should have be able to have a little bit of success against this Detroit defense. So um, asking Detroit to win by a pretty big margin here, basically double digits, uh, another interdivision battle. Uh, I just don't, don't quite see it. The one uh, pro-Detroit thing here, would be Chicago, surprisingly, actually handed Detroit uh, a loss there in, uh, in week four at Chicago. And I know I was on Detroit in that game, and that was uh, pretty, pretty not, not a beatdown because it only ended up being 17-14 uh, in Chicago's favor, but that was a little misleading. I remember Chicago pretty much handled that game from start to finish uh, to my dissatisfaction. So there might be a little bit of a interdivision revenge spot here, but... Um, I think it's just a lot of points, and I lean Chicago, and I'll 
almost for sure have a bet on him here by the end of the week, but uh, I haven't quite fired on him yet, but that's definitely the way I'm, le- I'm leaning here. Uh, next game. Yeah, that, that, let's say that Detroit's almost just as dangerous on the road as they are at home. Yeah, no, they've uh, they've kind of uh, straightened themselves out there where a little bit it seemed like they had a pretty big split going, but now, yeah, the last handful of weeks they've been, they, you know, they beat the Vikings on the road and then they beat the Saints on the road. So you got to give them give them credit for that, and uh, yeah, so uh, it's not not nearly as as big of a split as uh, it looked like early in the season. So that's a good point. Next game up we got is Minnesota at Jacksonville, and my guess on this one was Minnesota minus two and a half. What did you have here? Oh wow, yeah, I have Minnesota minus three and a half. My power rating is Minnesota minus three. The Westgate opener and the look ahead was at Minnesota three as well, minus three. And right now, and a little bit of money towards Minnesota right out of the gate, kind of like I anticipated for my guess, move from a, a three to a three and a half, and that's pretty much where the market's at, either three with heavy juice on Minnesota or, or three and a half, pretty much flat. So, I mean, there are a few shops with a little bit of juice on Jacksonville, but you know, somewhere in that three, three and a half, and I think the market's right where it should be according to where my guess and power rating was at. And uh, do you really want to take Jacksonville with the points at home against a struggling Minnesota team? Yeah, maybe, but against that defense and everything else. I do have a play on the under. I got that at 40, and that got bet down. Now it's at 39, 39.5. So I kind of took that just out of uh, hopefully the defense can keep rolling and Bortles can not move at all in the first couple quarters and <laughs> the usual. And But, yeah, this is a game, I don't, I don't know. The Sidewise, it's... I don't. I really don't like either one. I think this is a pretty pretty easy stay away game, to be honest. I mean, I understand no one likes Jacksonville, but the Vikings have lost six of seven, and in those six out of seven games, they've scored more than twenty points once. And now they're going to be laying more than a field goal on the road. <laughs> I just. Uh... I don't know. It's hard hard to really buy into that. I mean, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big Vikings fan, so and I want to have faith that they'll be able to repeat 2012 a little bit and get on a little bit of a rundown here down the stretch and you know potentially sneak into the playoffs, even though it's a long shot at this point. I just do you really trust Sam Bradford and this offense to go on the road and, and win by more than a field goal and they can't even get to 20? Like that's just I mean the defense is great. They're on a little bit extra rest. You know, I think Zimmer's uh, getting on the Madden van and driving down to Jacksonville because he can't get on a plane yet due to his eye. So maybe that'll be a little bit of an emotional boost. But I didn't hear that. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's driving on down. Um, so <laughs> That's right. I think he's actually going to be playing Madden Nation against that one dude from KC with the long hair. Um, <laughs> no, I just – I don't know. I It's just it's, – it's hard for me to uh, – really trust this this vikings offense at all which i mean isn't isn't saying much uh, you know marshmallows are sticky but i mean geez it's just i, I don't know jacksonville isn't any good obviously but i guess the one uh, counterpoint you could add to that is that the vikings offense doesn't need to score 20 points because Bortles will gift them at least seven <laughs> i know it's a stat that's been thrown around here i think i've heard it 40 times this week but i think it's worth repeating because it's just so astounding did you hear the the Bortles pick six to victory stat He's yeah, got, time to laugh. Yeah, he's got 10 straight-up victories in his career and 11 pick-sixes. I just, I, I mean, that's just amazing. I, 
uh, I can't believe how bad Gabbert was as a quarterback drafted by Jacksonville. I don't didn't think Bortles was even going to come close to being that bad, but when you hear something like that, it's like, well, it's it's pretty hard to argue. I don't even think Gabbert was capable of that. And uh, the eye test, I mean, doesn't really give him a whole lot of benefit of the doubt either. He's, he's he shows some signs of life, but he has like his windup is so ridiculously long. Have you you paid attention to that? Like it yeah. looks like he's loading up a cannon or something to, to throw his ball, and it takes almost it's like Tebow esque or something. It's just just funky and super you know prolonged, and it doesn't surprise me that uh, there's throws a lot of interceptions. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's just who do you want to take less here is is kind of the the game you got to play with yourself. And if that's what you you're debating between, it's probably best to just stay away. So that was the end of the early games. No, never mind. We got one more early game. It must have been a time change here. Uh, the last early game we got up is Washington at Philly. And on this one, my guess was Washington minus one and a half. What did you have? My guess was a pick. My power rating was Washington minus one. The Westgate opened Washington minus one. The look ahead was Philly minus one. And we're sitting pretty much right there. A little bit of Washington one. A few picks. Um yeah, a little bit more money on Washington right now, and um, kind of surprised there's not more money coming in on them. To be honest, uh, Philadelphia looked pretty awful last week. They, uh, I know you were on them, I was on them, or I, I was almost on them. I didn't actually pull the trigger, but I was just about to before kickoff, and I stayed away. And luckily, I didn't. But you really used to play on them, and we're betting on them, and yeah, they just look lifeless against uh, what I thought was a pretty lifeless Cincy team. So, uh, but I mean, the one good thing is they're coming home here, but and they've definitely been one of those road home teams that have been way better at home that's uh definitely for sure but washington i think is a pretty solid team and they're kind of playing for their life here after losing last week when they thought they were in a good spot and they i think they outplayed arizona and should have won that game but they didn't uh didn't win or cover so i think this is a, a must win and a, a pretty good spot for washington but uh so I, yeah well, I, I like washington here a decent amount but it's kind of hard when you're on the road laying a uh, short favorite here it's uh a little tough and not the the best bet, uh, you know, number wise to make. But I think uh, there's a little bit of value here at this number with Washington, and I might be uh, coming into the bet here because yeah, I do anticipate the market moving on Washington uh, by the end of the week here. Yeah, it's a quick little callback there to that obscure Madden Nation reference. Uh, the guy's name was Chow, just because uh, anybody was wondering. <laughs> but anyway, on to this game. Uh, yeah, I, I hate this Philly team. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I bet, bet against them with Atlanta a couple weeks ago and of course got burned there when they basically handled Atlanta about as easily as you can uh, and then I uh, bet a, uh, felt pretty strongly that they were going to keep it close against Seattle and uh, they didn't do that they had a chance there late but didn't quite do it and then felt pretty strongly that they were going to beat uh, the Packers cover there on, on Monday night because the Packers were kind of in quit mode and uh, they lost pretty easily there and then uh, last week I thought they were going to be able to at least get a straight up win and, and cover against the uh, Bengals and they didn't do it there so uh, can't uh, dislike this Philly team a whole lot more than I currently do and uh, even though I watched with them watching last week I thought that was kind of a fluky game um, I thought they did have a decent amount of success and they very easily should have covered uh, could have covered and should have covered uh, against Arizona, so uh, I think in a game that means a lot more to Washington here, they're still in the 
a wild card chase uh, in the NFC. I think you should get a pretty good effort out of Washington, what should be a decent bounce back spot. And Philly, um, obviously, as you can tell from my performance, I'm not really sure what to make of them. So I wouldn't be totally shocked if they beat me, but I'm probably going to be on Washington here this week. But like I said, not too strongly just because I obviously can't make heads or tails of what this Philly team's up to. So I'll be on Washington, but but small. Uh, now on to the afternoon games. Looks like we got four this week, so that's nice to have four four late ones. Uh, first one up we got is New Orleans at Tampa Bay. Uh, I had Tampa Bay minus four was my guess here. What did you have? Jeez, juicing it. Yeah, I had Tampa Bay minus two. Power rating was Tampa Bay minus one. Westgate opened at a pick, and that was a look ahead line as well. Uh, and then we saw just a flood of Tampa Bay money early. Uh, which I was kind of surprised about. It went all the way up to, I don't know if I got to a full three or not. Let me look into that quick. There's some right threes now, even money right now. Yeah, so I never really got, at least at Westgate, never got to a three. Uh, just uh, sitting at two three. and a half with the full, yeah, I don't think it, did it get to a three? Not at Westgate, but yeah. there's some threes other places. Yeah, yeah so, but yeah, the Westgate sitting at two and a half, minus 120, which is the highest it's been. And yeah, a few places right now I have three with heavy juice on New Orleans or two and a half. And uh, I, I don't really see it. I think New Orleans is a pretty decent team. They might pretty much out of playoff contention, so I guess that's probably where it's coming from. They're just betting on Tampa Bay to figure that they look pretty impressive and they're fighting with Atlanta there for the the NFC South. And uh, But I think, uh, I, I guess, yeah, it'll be interesting to see their motivation and everything after they kind of laid an egg last week, uh, New Orleans that is, and uh, you know, a pretty much must-win scenario, so. I guess I can kind of see the support for it just from that perspective, from a spot perspective. But just if you look at the team, if they were playing this game last week, I'd have been all over New Orleans. Uh, I could say that for sure. I'm really, I think that even winning Tampa Bay last week when they beat uh, San Diego, they they looked okay and decent. But Philip Rivers threw a couple of interceptions that basically gifted them. I think he threw a pick six, and it's a little bit more fluky and wonky. And I think they should have, you know, still lost the game. Tampa Bay should have, and ended up winning by seven. So. Uh, the, I, yeah, it's just tough. I don't really want any part of Tampa Bay, but you know, spot-wise, would definitely look toward the Tampa Bay side. But the the number and value, I think, is not should say value, but just, just the teams themselves. I like New Orleans more getting this getting this points here in the division game. So I uh, was almost gonna get if I get to a flat three, I might just take New Orleans, but I won't uh, won't love it. But definitely staying away from Tampa Bay here. I mean, when's when's the last time you've been that impressed with New Orleans? They got drilled by the Lions. They beat the Rams fairly easily a couple weeks ago, but then again, it's golf on the road. They lost to Derek Anderson on Monday night. They lost to the Broncos and it was a close game. They beat the Niners, and then I mean, they beat the Seahawks, whatever, seven weeks ago. So when you like, I, I agree that I, I thought New Orleans was a kind of a frisky team and um, definitely gave them a decent amount of credit, and that's why I leaned pretty strongly to them last week. But when you actually look at what they're resume they put together over the last month and a half uh, there's nothing too impressive on it and uh, on the flip side tampa goes to san diego and beats them beats seattle at home goes to kansas city and beats them and you know and blows out the bears at home whatever but so i mean they've they've put together a pretty good stretch of football and um for that reason uh, i'm not going to be jumping on board just because i know that you know, like I said, the market's been reacting to that. And uh, I'm not still totally convinced that Tampa Bay is even a better team than New Orleans, but I think they're definitely playing better football right now. 
Uh, I know you don't get rich looking at what teams have done over the last couple of weeks and just blindly betting that trend to continue. So I'm um, looking deeper at it. I don't really have a strong feeling on this game, but uh, I was kind of surprised New Orleans are getting as much respect as they are because I don't, I don't think this number, like the opener, uh, anything under three, I, you'd agree that that's more New Orleans respect than Tampa disrespect, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting to me that New Orleans is getting as much respect as they are when they're a sub-500 team. Um, I think part of the reason for it might be uh, that yards per play differential that I've referenced somewhat frequently. They're seventh in the league, and Tampa Bay is 29th in the league, so um, that's pretty strong there uh, in New Orleans' favor. So uh, spot-wise, I think it's kind of a decent spot for New Orleans coming off that blowout and then going on the road and try to get right as opposed to Tampa uh, coming off three pretty big wins, uh, two on the road, coming back home. This is somewhat of a flat spot, but what I think negates that is the fact that it's another division battle, and they're right in the playoff on two uh, for the the wild card, and they're tied for the, the NFC South. So I think you'll get a pretty good effort from Tampa too. So I don't know. Um, I guess for me it's probably a stay away. And uh, But this is a game I'm definitely interested to watch. Um, this will be one of my uh, – one of my spotlight games here for the week to see how this plays out and see uh, what we can pick out of here. Quite a new phrase. <laughs> the spotlight game of the week. Frank spotlight. <laughs> and then do a little like searching avatar from those old uh, computers. No. Um, all right. I think that's pretty good on that one. Uh, next game up we got is the Jets at San Francisco. Uh, this one's not the spotlight game of the week. We'll tell you that much right now. Um, and this I'm one, for it. <laughs> pretty excited. I know that if that Monday night performance by the Jets and prime you for this one, I don't know what would. Um, I had San Francisco minus one and a half, and this was before the Monday night game, and before Bryce Petty was ruled the probable starter. Yeah, so that might be just as much, if not more. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my guess was a pick before the, this is before the Monday night game as well. My guess was a pick. Power rating San Francisco minus one. Open San Francisco minus one, and that was also a look ahead. And then after the performance and Fitzpatrick getting uh, the bench and Petty getting the nod over him, uh, now we see a little bit of San Francisco adjustment, which is kind of kind of crazy after their performance last week and their performance all season after the first week. But uh, it may kind of make sense, I guess. Uh, right now we're seeing two two and a half with even a little bit of heavy juice on on San Francisco at some shops and even some sharper shops actually. So. I uh, this this game's going to three. I can pretty much say that for uh, I don't know, I won't say for sure, but I would I would assume it's going to get to three, just with the uh, anti Jets and anti Petty. But I don't know. Uh, last week a lot of ton of money flooded in on San Francisco, and I don't know if I really necessarily see it this week. But I really don't see jet money coming in on the Jets this week. But um, yeah, this is, I, I won't be surprised if it sits where it's at or, or goes to three. But I don't see a whole lot of movement and uh, like really not much to talk about, I guess. And yeah, just an easy pass. Yeah, um, I know last week I talked about how even though Chicago and San Francisco is an absolutely awful game in terms of quality of play and quality of the teams involved, uh, there can still be a lot of betting opportunity in those type of games. Uh, this one's really similar in terms of the fact that they're two awful, poor quality teams, but uh, to me this is the exact opposite. I don't really know what to make of there are these teams other than they're both bad. Wouldn't surprise me if either team came out here and blew up the other team. 
And in those type of situations, I will absolutely pass this one. I don't really have much opinion. I guess the Jets, you could say, aren't in a great spot with it looks like the players might be quitting on bowls a little bit, and they could come off a, a primetime late game on Monday, and now they're flying to the West Coast. Uh, maybe not a great spot, but then you also look at the fact they just got blown out in primetime. Uh, you know, if they have a little bit of, uh, you know, trying to gain back a little bit of respect, and they'll be a little bit embarrassed, so they should come out with a hopefully a little bit stronger effort if they have any. Uh, you know, whatever the self-respect there, and want to try to gain back a little bit of that credibility that they lost uh, being exposed there. So, I don't really know what to make of this one completely. So, for me, it's a pretty easy pass, and this will definitely be in uh, fourth position in terms of the quality of TV viewpoints here. So, uh, anyway, the next one up is a much better game. We got Seattle at Green Bay, a rematch of a lot of pretty interesting uh, games with these two in their history. I know. It brings back horrible memories of that fail Mary a few years ago where <laughs> I ended up uh, losing a good amount on that ridiculousness with the replacement refs. That was fun. And then also that uh, was that fumble by the tight end there. I uh, remember his name for Green Bay a couple years back when Seattle had that insane comeback and then they did the onside kick and the one fu- uh, tight end fumbled it for Green Bay. I don't remember his name. I don't recall. Yeah, he ended up. The Vikings picked him up the next year, which shouldn't surprise anybody, but he's gone by now. Um, in this game, I had Seattle minus two and a half. What did you have here? This game, I had a pick uh, as my guess and my power rate, and I really just didn't know where to put it. This is before the Sunday night game, uh, before Seattle blew it out. But even after that, it didn't really the line didn't move a whole lot, so. Uh, it probably would have affected my opinion a tiny bit, maybe, but um, and then especially with Earl Thomas getting ruled out for the season, that obviously hurts their defense and their safety secondary and opened up the field a little bit. So that didn't help Seattle's cause. But yeah, right now still sitting two and a half heavy juice on Seattle or a few threes with uh, a little bit of juice on on Green Bay. So um, yeah, I think the line's probably where it should be. Uh, if it gets to a full three, flat three, I'll probably just take Green Bay. But uh, yeah, it's just, you really don't know what you're going to get with this Green Bay squad. And even last week, you didn't really get much out of it because it was a sloppy game with the the weather and everything. And it looked decent in that. But I don't really want to, you know, come back saying, "Oh, the Green Bay is back and they're, you know, going to make a run here." I think they potentially could, but I'm not going to bet a ton of money on it or anything like that. And I I took them for a little value play to win the division at at plus 375, which we talked about on the podcast last week. And like I said, might take a little value play here if they get to three. Just uh, fading the Seattle team after a really big primetime blowout, but um, yeah, it's just not uh, not a play I'm going to be in love with, and I'm not going to be laying this many points with Seattle uh, as good as they looked. And you're going to be buying as high high as you can on the season, although they do, you know, usually play pretty sharp towards the end of the season and, and get together. But like I said, either Green Bay or pass here if it gets to a three. Yeah, yeah, we've we've been pretty low on the Packers as a whole for most of the season, but. Uh, this is a situation which I I tend to like them getting getting points two and a half or potentially three at home, even though I think Seattle might be all all in all the best team in the league uh, right now or you know have the, the highest ceiling in terms of if you had to pick a team to win the Super Bowl. Uh, but yeah, coming off a primetime blowout like that, getting playoff revenge against the Panthers and then going on the road to uh, what could be a somewhat weather affected. Green base uh, venue this week with the Packers got a little momentum going. They're feeling pretty good about themselves. Uh, I could play a little bit better. I could definitely see them coming out pretty strong and 
Um, you know, I can see this one being kind of a coin flip either way. So if you can get the full three, I think that's the play for sure with Green Bay. But I you know, don't feel too strongly about this one. So just a Green Bay lean here. I don't, I'm not not sure. I wouldn't be surprised if I get involved, but I also wouldn't be surprised if I sit this one out. Uh, going back to the that tight end for Green Bay that dropped that onside kick was Brandon Bostic, just in case anybody was shouting that at their uh, podcast player there. But anyway, that uh, yeah, don't feel too strong about this one. This is another great one though to watch. So this will be a uh, should be there's a decent amount of pretty good games here on Sunday. So it should be a pretty good day from a from a viewing standpoint. So hopefully the betting follows. Absolutely. Uh, the last afternoon game we got up here is Atlanta at L.A. Uh, right, I think I might have jinxed us there. Uh, we get a little Atlanta at Goff and Jeff Fisher action here. Uh, I had Atlanta minus four as my guess on this one. Where did you, where did you go with this one? I had Atlanta minus six and a half. My power rating was Atlanta minus six. The opener had Atlanta at minus five, and the look ahead was Atlanta minus four and a half. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Rams are all primed up and ready to go after a little extension from, for Jeff Fisher, rightfully <laughs> so, I think. It's a <laughs> Locked, locked a bit before he would have got a better job somewhere else, I guess. Um, don't understand that move at all. Obviously, joking there. I don't understand what. I mean, if if below mediocre is is what gets a job done here to be an NFL head coach, and then maybe I have a, a potential future, so I might have to look elsewhere in my profession. But uh, yeah, I don't really know what they see in him and what the deal is. If there's something going on under the table or what, but <laughs> um, I guess uh, we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, it doesn't really look like many people like that at all specifically in the the rams locker room it just didn't they looked pretty awful last week and looked kind of lifeless so that was right after he got the extension so i uh i, I did take atlanta here minus i think i'm at minus five just not really not really saying that i'm in love with atlanta by any means but more just the fact that i'm pretty sure it's going to get to seven when the public gets involved and i don't really anticipate even many sharps and the wise guys buying in on on the Rams here at this price point. So if you get to a seven, I'll probably buy back on the Rams and just hope hope the game lands uh, in the middle there. And and uh, but just from a handicapping perspective, it's it's hard to land this many points on the road. But I, I think I would still want to do that. And you're even at a, a six range right now. It's sitting at six, six and a half, like one five and a half at the win in Vegas. But yeah, if you can get to that price point, I mean, I I think I'd still lean there before I'd be even taking the Rams here at home just because I don't, I don't trust this team at all. I, even getting six points here at home, I just, I, I'm not going to put my money there. And I don't, so Atlanta are pass for me. Yeah. Well, right now the Rams sit at four and eight. So if they're going to get to their perennial seven and nine or eight and eight with Jeff Fisher, they got to go on a little run here to get that to happen. So just... maybe that's why I got the extension <laughs> for a little bit of a motivational booster. There you go. Get them back to 500. Make the Rams great again. Um, so basically, I don't really like any part of Goff or what the Rams have done basically all year. Um, There's a decent spot for Atlanta after losing like that to Kansas City, and now they're tied for Tampa for the division. Uh, they should be primarily motivated here to come out and, and take care of business on the road after, after last week, kind of blowing that one in fairly heartbreaking fashion. Um, the Rams... I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're packing and quitting on the year, but I also, at home this year, they've been fairly frisky. They only lost by four to the Dolphins. They beat the Jets. They, or I mean, I was at the Jets, but they only, at home they lost by four to the Dolphins. They lost by three to the Panthers, seven to the Giants. So, 
Hank's pretty bad with him. They look pretty frisky. <laughs> lost by four to the Dolphins. Or three to the Dolphins at home. It's, it's not great here, Rob, but I'm, I'm making a case for them. They, they really haven't gotten blown out at home in a while, so... You know, okay. take for that what you will. Um, and, and also this Atlanta squad, I like them a decent amount, but I also don't think they're really the type of team to to go out and blow people out on the road. I just don't think they're solid necessarily as a crew, as as, like, as a whole. Um, but that being said, the only way I could really look in this game is Atlanta, whether it be through a teaser, get them down to pick, or whether that be just betting them straight. Um, I, yeah, I do like them for a teaser quite a bit. If you were thinking about a te- te- team to tease, yeah, I just uh, obviously they're. I mean, it's not breaking any news here, but they're a much better team than LA, and um, uh, basically betting against Goff has has treated you fine so far. So I'd expect nothing less than that to continue here. So uh, this one, even though I don't think it's a great game, it's definitely way more intriguing from a viewership standpoint than say the Jets San Francisco. So I'll definitely be tuned into this one, but. Uh, and probably have a teaser or two on Atlanta, hopefully pending from the early games. But uh, that'll be about my only financial involvement in this game, one mo- most likely. Uh, Sunday night game, we got a little rematch of, uh, I think, the week one Sunday nighter. Uh, Dallas or the Giants should be a pretty good one. Uh, I had Dallas minus two and a half is my guess here. What'd you have? Yeah, I was a little bit light on this one. I had Dallas minus one and a half. My power rating was Dallas minus one. And, I mean, well, not, not the... Not the best guess. And looking back on it, it should have been closer where you had. Uh, Westgate opened Dallas minus two and a half, minus one twenty, and the look ahead was Dallas minus two. So you know, just from the look ahead there, according to the the Westgate opener and the look ahead, you can see that Dallas has looked impressive. Just um, against, I don't, I don't know if I say impressive because I, I really don't think they did. So I think it's probably more of a, a Giants. Yeah, it's a Giants sell job, fire sale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know if I necessarily. Completely disagree with that, but um, yeah. You know, quickly after his open, it got Dallas up to three, and now even through three, and seen some three and a half, and then a little bit of buyback towards the Giants, maybe a tad, or I, at least I expect some more to come. So you can get a three and a half flat at some shops right now, or, or three with uh, even money or something on the Giants. So, uh, like I said, I won't be surprised if this closes that closer to a three, maybe a little bit of juice on Dallas. You know, three minus one fifteen, one twenty range. Uh, would be kind of the prevailing numbers where I'd see it closing. So I think uh, maybe a little bit of value on the Giants, three and a half at home here. But I know a lot of stats guys and everything, the Giants have outperformed the, their stats. And, and Dallas, uh, I think Dallas even has a little bit too, but obviously a big public team and and covered a lot of games except for last week against uh, they didn't. But um, that, I, I really didn't think they looked that good and kind of got away with one and, and pretty much got outplayed. They got a lucky fumble there that turned into seven, and defense kind of just you know, shut down Dallas pretty well. So uh, I I don't know. I, I, like I said, Giants here pass for me if you can get it at three and a half, but definitely don't want to buy high here at Dallas. Yeah, I thought the, the the Giants. I think everyone pretty much knows they're not that good of a team. I mean, they're you know they're okay. They're probably a little bit better than average, but they're not whatever they nine and three or eight and three good now eight and four. Uh, that's definitely fraudulent, I think. Last week, the markets kind of reacted to that uh, and bet Pittsburgh a little bit. I know there's some sharp money on Pittsburgh, and I actually came in against them on the Giants thinking six and a half was just too too much for a, a pretty good Giants defense that keeps them fairly competitive. But Eli just had a uh, pretty horrible game for the most part, and they had a million opportunities to keep that close and get a cover and just couldn't do it. 
And uh, so I think the, the markets are starting to sour and sell here quite a bit on the Giants. Uh, and also, obviously, Dallas, even though they didn't cover last week against the Vikings and they didn't cover the week before against the Skins, um, and they still won straight up. So I think they're still getting a decent amount of, you know, they're always going to get publicity, but uh, still going to get a lot of respect and um, and backing from the markets, especially against uh, a team that they're starting to sell on and, and uh, not a pick em range, but two-and-a-half-three range. Uh, it's pretty reasonable. I really don't feel like buying the Cowboys at this price, especially after you, if I could see maybe jumping in the two-and-a-half, but now at three and three with juice or three-and-a-half. Um, just doesn't feel like you're getting really good value. Like it's a great long-term bet back in the Cowboys. So don't really like that side, but on the flip side, um, not a huge fan of this giant squad really either. And, uh, the price isn't quite intriguing enough for me to, to buy them. So a uh, division rematch, like I said, a little revenge on Dallas mine, maybe cause their, uh, only loss this year was to the Giants. So I'm sure they're going to want to kind of stick it to them and, uh, and what could clinch the division for him here. So um, I think, uh, I don't know, I think Dallas is definitely the better team, but uh, the price reflects that. So for me, it's pretty much a stay away. I was going to say, um, we haven't really seen it yet this year, but this might be the perfect spot for Eli to have his breakout game on national TV here where he just looks you know, like God, and they come out and just look really phenomenal because he really hasn't had a game like that. And there's usually at least one game in the season where he looks like that. So this might be, I don't know if I'd necessarily be on national TV, I guess, or not, but I won't be surprised if he comes out and has a pretty good game. Yeah, we definitely got the Eli uh, you know, stink bomb last week, so it wouldn't surprise anybody if you know, Dr. Dr. Eli and Mr. Hyde, uh, this, this was a good week of it, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. So, yeah, it's, that's one problem with betting. You know, there's certain certain people like that where you're just not really sure what to make of them, and yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Eli came out with a great game. But uh, also, I don't really know if I want to be betting on that for sure, because if he comes out and has a another Eli bad game, you're going to be kicking yourself. But I, uh, I hear what you're saying. The uh, last game up is a Monday night game, uh, another game with a decent amount of history to it, uh, Baltimore and New England. Uh, I had New England minus 6.5 is my guess. What you have here? Yep, New England minus 6.5. My power rating was New England minus 4.5. Uh and yeah, I'm kind of shocked, shocked by this line when I first saw it. And Westgate opened New England minus nine. The look at was New England minus ten. And I mean, pretty much instantly, it, it got bet down to seven and a half. And uh, I saw the nine quickly, and then I, I saw the nine was gone, and then I saw an eight, and I was just about to jump on it, and I logged in to put the bet in, and, and then, you know, went away. So I, I didn't should have, still could have taken a seven and a half, but I just kind of i stay disciplined i just hate taking a bad number when i you know was a little bit late to the punch or whatever just because i didn't go and do my numbers and everything quick enough uh, before those lines came out so uh right now we're seeing sevens across the board pretty much for you know all, all across with a little bit of juice towards new england and then you know a few seven and a halves with uh, juice towards baltimore but i won't be surprised if all week it just sits here at seven maybe even a little bit of baltimore money comes in and, and sits at a flat seven prevailing number but I do like Baltimore, obviously, by my power ratings. It's just, it is way too many points. It's just, uh, you know, this New England team's a little bit overrated. After the Gronkowski injury is huge, and maybe not enough, uh, not factored enough into this number. And their their defense really isn't that good. And, and Baltimore's defense is playing good. They're, you know, dominated last week when they, you know, could have, wasn't a great spot by any means for them either. So it's, you know, they showed up and 
Uh, I, I think this Baltimore team is not that great. I don't necessarily think they're going to be, you know, that great in the playoffs, but they've, you know, been pretty good, and I've been down on them, and I you know, think it's time to kind of respect them. And, you know, this price range, it's uh, a lot of points here. When, like you said, they've been in pretty good history, and Baltimore's played New England pretty good in the past. So this is a game where um, you, know, you take the points, and I – might might even be a game where Baltimore might upset them. I won't be super shocked if they got an up here upset here uh, at uh, at New England. Yeah, I think it's just a lot. And then with Gronk out too, I mean, you still don't want to disrespect New England's offense and and Belichick. But um, to ask him to win by more than a touchdown against a Baltimore team that's not nah, not good, I don't think. But it's had well coached, great kicker. Uh, pretty good defense like those are the ingredients you want when you're catching more than a touchdown so uh, i think baltimore is definitely worthy of a bet here uh, i said i'm never enamored by fading new england but uh, i definitely think they're worth somewhat of a bet and as we said with eli uh, there's always the uh the uh, potential warning you know the the caution whenever you're putting the bet in that uh Flacco could have an absolutely horrific Flacco game, and you might be screwed, even though everything else kind of plays out how you expected it to. So, uh, but like you said with Eli, there could be the flip side where Flacco throws three, four of those you know, fly routes down the sideline and gets two pass interferences on the defense and connects on two of them, and and, uh, and they, they win the game, you know, not fairly easily, but uh, you know, win the game outright. So, uh, I think taking seven and a half or more is is a pretty good bet in this in this spot and i don't really have a whole lot else to say about this one but uh, i should think it should be a pretty intriguing one to watch for sure so that uh, concludes uh all the games here for week 14 so we'll uh hop into a quick concept corner here and then do a pick of the week to uh, end up the podcast now clear your head as we back into concept corner all right so for the concept corner this week um we talked to uh, a little bit last week about uh, division odds and uh, you know what we recommended with uh, you know, the Packers and Colts there. And uh, to further talk about just a little bit of money lines and scalping in general, uh, Rob was going to do a little exploration of that. So uh, take take the stage here, Rob. Yeah, I don't you know to belabor this a whole lot, but just kind of want to quickly go over it. You know, like I mentioned in the past, I have quite a quite a bit of different quite a lot of money in different books and i shouldn't say a lot but i have i have money in different books <laughs> not uh not a lot of, not a lot by any standards but have some a little bit of money in a handful of different books and um you know from time to time i'll uh do a lot of arbitrage or scalping just you know which basically means you buy one team at one price and then buy another team the opposite team at, a, at another price where no matter what the result is you're either gonna you know break even or make money so obviously it's uh just from a Financial standpoint, I don't think anyone would say that's a bad investment or a bad bet. If you're making a bet, no, no matter what the outcome is, you're going to make money. So I do that you know, quite frequently, a decent amount. Um, so when I'm looking at that, I was looking at the divisions last week when me and Frank broke it down, and or Frank and I broke it down, and moved on to Indy and Green Bay, and I was looking at some more uh, the last couple of days here. And one of the books I have, they, and basically what, what I should say where they come up with these odds compared to like a market, it's – they really don't have these odds in like a feed because they have different programs out there that have live feed and live lines for all the different odds for each team or, or bet at each different book. And that's, they'll get a, a feed, a line feed that they'll send to these places that will update it. And so some people just sit there and watch those line feeds and whenever there's an, an arb opportunity, like I was just mentioned where they can, you know, 
bet both sides and make money no matter what the result is. They'll go and hit it right away, and then obviously the the market's going to adjust to that at the at each book, and then that'll get closer and closer where they're not going to have that middle opportunity. So the the thing with the beauty of these divisions, the they don't have that these future odds in the, these feeds so that you can't really monitor those as frequently. So what I do, I just go to each one individually on all the different books that I have and, and kind of compare the odds just by, by hand. And, you know, one of the books I had is pretty far off the odds and all they really try to do is middle the action. They'll just take the bets and try to have as little, um, you know, little risk as possible to make it, you know, just take the juice away. So with that, with that being said, there's going to be, you know, they're going to be off kilter quite a bit because it's not widely available to all the betters unless they do, you know, what I did, which takes a lot of time and effort. So just for example here, I can, looking at the screen right now, I can, at one shop in Vegas, I can take, to win the AFC North, I can take Baltimore at plus 180 and another place that so I, I can bet. So bet 100 to I win can, 180. Yeah, bet a hundred to win a hundred and eighty, and then another place, a different book, I can take uh, Pittsburgh plus one sixty, uh, went bet a hundred, win a one sixty. So, no matter what the result is, I'm either going to be winning sixty dollars or winning eighty dollars, and unless Cincy were to win, which you can get them at plus uh, fifteen thousand. So if you want, you could put five dollars down, and that cover both your bets if if they happen to make the playoffs. But it's you know virtually impossible for them to, or not virtually, but it it's very very small chance that they're going to do that. So. Um, like I said, you know, that's just a opportunity I can get it right now at, at the books that I have. So it just shows you how, you know, the, the market's driven based off of money. And some people are betting more on Baltimore here and, and one book, and that's why they're a favorite. And other people are betting more on Pittsburgh at a different book, and that's why they're a favorite. So, um, you know, that, that opportunity basically just allows me to make money and take advantage of it and make a small profit uh, in, in the process. And um, to clarify, like something that out of whack isn't super likely to happen but normally it's the small differences where you there's a 10 20 cent difference where you you know for every hundred dollars you bet there's a 10 cent you know gap where you're going to make ten dollars per hundred you bet um by doing that so and even that's even that's even a stretch it's just five cents is pretty yeah. I, I can get a lot of those throughout the throughout the day i'd say four five six pretty easily throughout the day five cent difference in, in price from the books that i have but yeah that's even higher than that it's pretty unlikely but yeah it does happen but yeah this big of a gap is, is really unlikely and people say well you know how's how's that possible it's not so good to be true and you know in arbitrage there's no way you can lose and basically what it is is you know you said there's um you know different action coming in at different books and sometimes bookmakers just uh, make a stand and have an opinion on a game and say uh, you know, I'm just going to leave it here and I'll welcome the other side action. And then another bookmaker, a different book will say, well, you know, I'll welcome the opposite side action. So, um, you know, I'm not going to move my number anymore. And then you can come in there and bet both sides and take that little bit of arbitrage or, uh, or what have you. And, uh, basically you're like playing in a way you're playing bookmaker against the two bookmakers who have an opinion on the game. So it doesn't happen frequently for a huge difference, but, um, it's possible and a uh, little, little bit of opportunity to be had there and uh furthermore um to kind of expand on from last week um it's not a perfect example but like that indianapolis was plus 400 right going into the week and yeah what i got and now it's looking like plus 180 plus 190 so the money lines can you know move drastically and uh, it's not totally relevant to football but uh, if there is an opinion on the game the money lines can change just like uh and on baseball it's pretty common to Bet a team say at you know plus 180 and then the line gets bet down and you can bet the other team back at minus 170. So no matter the outcome of the game, if you have an opinion on which way the market's going to move, you can make profit 
and that's just called more commonly a scalp. And uh, it is possible doing football too. So if you uh, like, if we feel pretty strongly about which way the market's going to move in certain games, you can just bet the one team at open that you think it's going to move towards, and then you can come back at close and bet the opposite side money line and, and scalp a potential profit if the market moves in the way you predict it to. So that's just a handicapping tool. You can kind of put your arsenal. It's a little bit more advanced and a little bit risky if you don't really have a strong opinion on the game, but as a way to uh, try to coax some uh, profit out of the market without really even having the game ever having to have to be played. So uh, that uh, concludes the, the concept corner. Let's uh, finish it off with the, the AS Picks of the Week. The AS Pick of the Week. All right. So looks like uh, another week, another winner for your boy. Yeah, I was going to say, might have to change your name from, from Frank to Frankie Hot. Oh, <laughs> that uh, might have been the worst nickname created on the podcast, but probably also the only one. <laughs> I, I think that's, uh, that, that was the point, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, so, yeah, I think it's uh, what, six weeks in a row now or something like that. I'm up to 7-3-1, and one, I think is the record. And then uh, you're at, what, 6-5? and five? Yeah. Six and five after last week I had Chicago that started off a little rough but ended up getting there pretty easily in that blizzard. And then uh, that same blizzard that started off Chicago kind of rough, you had the over in that game, and basically that blizzard just killed your action there, and they just couldn't overcome it even though the scoring picked up pretty dramatically once uh, Chicago realized you could throw a forward pass. <laughs> but uh, you fell a little short there. So still still a game up on the year. And, uh, but I do keep the fairway. So, I'll, uh, this week there isn't one that totally jumps out to me as much as that one did last week, but, uh, I think based on, I kind of leaned this going into the, into the pod and after discussing all the games there a little bit more in depth, I think I'm going to have to stick with it. Uh, looks like I might be fading potentially some sharp money again, although I don't think it's totally spoken, but as I did last week, I'll be fading Arizona and, taking Miami. It looks like, what, minus one looks like a prevailing number there? Yeah. So I'll take Miami minus one there as my pick of the week and and look to keep her going. What, uh, where are you looking? Well, yeah, that's a good pick. I Like like you, I don't really have anything that jumps off the board. Um, so I I think what I'll do, I'll just, uh, I'm between two teams here. I'm kind of, I'm kind of stuck. But, uh, hmm. I guess it's just more widely available. I'll just, I'll just I'm gonna go with Washington on the road between mm-hmm. Washington and Baltimore, but I uh, that that hook I think means a lot there for that seven. I don't know if seven and a half, you can't really take that. So, yeah, I'll go with Washington. Uh, what's that? Is that minus one? Does it look like? Yep, I think one's a good number. So we're both picking one point favorites there this week. Yeah. All right. So those are the pick of the week. I got Miami minus one hosting arizona and rob's got washington minus one at philadelphia so let's uh hope those can both get to the winner circles and uh any uh final thoughts here on uh going into week 14 or otherwise rob no i don't uh don't anticipate this being a huge card but might throw a couple plays out here uh maybe tonight or next couple days just kind of stay tuned for that or of course uh, any big movements right before uh kickoff so you know stay posted and yeah, at Absolutely. I was just uh, going to say the same thing. I uh, got a couple plays up here currently, and uh, I'll be looking to add uh, at least one more here uh, after posting the podcast and 
maybe you know a couple depending on the line moves here later in the week so stay tuned uh to romsports.com our pick page keep track of your own picks and uh also you know our twitter at our own sports um you know post some uh information or uh you know, more some more picks as they come out or or whatnot so stay tuned to those and uh good luck everybody i know it's uh fantasy football season here is in full swing and you know, betting's uh heating up here as the season comes to a close so there's some opportunities out there so good luck to everybody in week 14 best luck to you rob and we'll talk to you next week thank you for listening to the Aron sports podcast check out aronsports.com for all of your sports betting needs including automatic bet tracking mobile notifications free picks and more 